Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, why are you hitting me so hard down there? Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Frenzy headlines coming up in about 15 minutes, but we continue with Adam Candy from Silver Sevens, our Cofield and Company countdown from 32 to 1. I know Candy was relatively high on the Browns. We were all relatively high on the Browns because the Browns check in as our number six team. How about that? Sounds weird, right? Mary Kay Cabot's covered the team for a while for Cleveland.com. It's a new era now after an 11-5 season uh, a year ago. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're good. Uh, we have the Raiders here in town now, and there are expectations for the Raiders. I think around the country people are expecting the Raiders not to make the playoffs, but people here want them and expect them to make the playoffs. But it's a whole different ball of wax in Cleveland. I mean, the mood has changed massively over the last couple of years. It really has. I mean, this year the expectations are so high. Now, they were really high also going into the, the 2019 season, uh, but that year sort of turned out to be a disaster under Freddie Kitchens. This team is very, very well coached, and now they have a defense to go along with their really, really good offense, well-balanced team, probably the best roster I've ever covered and have covered a lot. Uh, So, yeah, I think they can make some noise this year. What specifically is it about Kevin Stefanski you think that has resonated well with this team? You know, one of the younger head coaches in the NFL, but it certainly seemed like there was pretty solid chemistry there throughout last season. Well, he's extremely organized. Uh, He is unflappable. You get the same guy every day. He's really smart. He's collaborative. He uh, he's just self-assured. I mean, he's he's somebody that can uh, you know just work so well with others. He's not out to get the credit. Uh, He knows how to handle players. He knows how to handle all the different personalities. He knows how to articulate the plan and have those guys you know want to follow through on it for him. They. He spells everything out. He tells it like it is. He can put out fires. He's so mature for his age, it's not even funny. I mean, he, he's 39 years old, and uh, he, he seems like a, a guy at least 20 years older than that. You would never believe uh, that he's still in his 30s. It's almost mind-blowing. Uh, but he is, nevertheless, and uh, younger than Tom Brady, and, and yet he's got, he's got these guys playing really, really well. Ugh. You know what? I, I'm not sure I was that mature a day in my 30s, so uh, it's impressive <laughs> that Kevin Stefanski is uh, able to achieve that level in his career at this point. Uh, you mentioned the talent on the roster, Mary Kay, and we spent a lot of time talking about the offensive side and what Baker Mayfield can be this year, but you have a really interesting article up right now uh, talking to Miles Garrett's mother, not only about his battle with COVID, but about going back to the helmet swinging incident uh, with Mason Rudolph. What impressions of Miles Garrett did you take away from that that, I don't, I don't know, either confirmed what you knew about him in the past or, or maybe changed something that you thought about Miles Garrett? Well, you know what? It was something that was just so shocking for anybody that knows Miles Garrett for him to have that moment uh, just to kind of snap like that. And, you know, for anybody that has spent any amount of time with Miles, you just knew uh, that there had to be something uh, that sort of triggered him or set him off, whether it was real, perceived, whatever it was. Um, you know, he, there was something that, that caused him uh, to sort of snap like that. And, but the thing about it is, 
it was a turning point for him. And I have another article uh, up somewhere you can find it out there in the, you know, Twitterverse, <laughs> where um, it, it talks about how he contemplated quitting football after that incident. I mean, he was just out there in, in the world thinking, you know, I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. And he's just completely changed since then. So many things in his life have changed since the helmet incident. He's used his platform for greater good. He's gotten closer to his teammates. He appreciates things more. He appreciates the game more. He's more of a leader. Uh, so I, I think that it was a blessing in disguise, and the best part about it is that, that Mason Rudolph wasn't seriously hurt. Absolutely agreed. Uh, and you're right. He certainly, uh, Miles, has done some uh, impressive things with charity work and uh, and doing, as his mother said in the article, not letting his life be defined by the one incident. Um, on the other side of the ball, I'm not sure there's a player who could change the fortunes of one team if he is anything like we've seen in the past, like Odell Beckham Jr. can for the Cleveland Browns, if he's able to get back to the kind of form that we saw in New York. Uh, what have you seen out of Odell here in camp, and what are your expectations for him this season? You know, I, I keep wanting to temper my expectations and everyone else's, but every time I look out on the field and I see Odell, I'm blown away by how good he looks. Just 11 months out of ACL surgery, he just looks like his old self. I mean, he looks fast. He's cutting on a dime. He's uh, stretching back and making one-handed catches. Uh, he just looks really good. He looks like he's no worse for the wear. You would never know that he underwent surgery. I was watching him just today and thinking, he doesn't even like wear a little sleeve on the knee or anything. I mean, he is just out there unfettered, going out there, doing his thing, and I think he, he'll be ready to roll in Kansas City. Take us into the mind of the Cleveland sports fan. As Steve talked about the expectations that – uh, I think nationally people have for the Browns. I'm sure that the hopes are sky high, but are the Cleveland sports fans allowing themselves to buy into this being a potential Super Bowl team, or is it more tempered than that? Oh, it's not tempered. <laughs> it is not. It is not tempered here at all. I mean, I did it. We did a fan uh, show, an internet fan show last night, and you know we were giving our predictions. And, you know, I did not have them going to the Super Bowl. I had them actually losing in the AFC Championship game. Uh, but there were so many fans on there that were like, no, Super Bowl, Super Browns. I mean, they are so fired up for this football team. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to live quite up to those lofty expectations. I think they're going to win a lot of football games. I think they're going to be really good. But, I, you know, there, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the AFC. And it's, it's going to be tough. Mary Kay Cabot with us. Adam Candy alongside. It's uh, Cofield here at Silver 7s. Candy, I know you had one more. Yeah, I'm really curious what your thoughts are on how the new offseason acquisitions on defense have fit in as we obviously add in Jadavion Clowney on one side and then the two guys from the Rams in the secondary and Johnson and Troy Hill uh, and, of course, getting you know, Delpit back and Denzel Ward, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it feels like that this defense has a chance to be among the really elite in the NFL. Yeah, the defense is going to be so much better than it was last year. There's no question about it. The problem is that they just didn't really have a chance to practice together much in training camp or preseason because they had so many guys banged up. They were trying to keep guys healthy. Uh, they had a lot of muscle pulls, a lot of hamstrings. 
today was one of the first days I looked out there in practice and saw what looks like a full complement of defense out there. And they're going to be good. I mean, I, I watch a lot of, like, the defensive linemen just go through their drills. And uh, these practices are really super efficient, too. So I really enjoy watching the practices. You can see, uh, you know, exactly, uh, you know, how a guy looks in a certain drill, how quickly he's doing an agility drill or an interception drill. Uh, so I've gotten a good feel for just kind of how good they actually are. And I'll tell you what, uh, that defensive line is, is going to be scary, in my opinion. You've got Miles and Jadavian coming off the edge. You've got uh, now Malik Jackson inside. And I think uh, I just wrote a column a few minutes ago and posted it right before I hopped down with you guys uh, saying that I think Malik McDowell, who I don't know if you guys if you know his story or not, but uh, he, he's quite the story, hasn't played football in uh, four years since he was at Michigan State, actually five years, really. Um, but anyway, if you put the two Maliks in the middle there, uh, they're really going to be onto something with this defensive line. I think they're going to make it really, really hard on quarterback. Do you think they have a shot to go in and take out the Chiefs in game one? Actually, I do think that they, they have a chance. I haven't made my pick yet for that game. I have to think about it because I'm going to have to pick the Browns to lose some games this season, even though I think they can beat anybody this year, actually. Uh, but we know they're not going to go 17-0, and or at least I don't think they're going to go 17-0. and So I have to pick them to lose some games, and so you know this might be one that I do pick them to lose because I think that Patrick and, and those guys have a lot to prove after that Super Bowl. They just hated how that all went down, so I think they want to start very fast and, and get the show on the road. Uh, but the Browns have such a good defense, I think it's going to be hard for the uh, the Chiefs' offensive line, which has three guys on it that might not have ever, uh, if they start those three guys, they have never played an NFL snap. That's going to be tough against this defensive front. Mary Kay Cabot covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. All right, let's do uh, this Vegas style now. We'll go by the Vegas numbers. Uh, first of all, over-under win total for the Browns is 10.5. you got to pay a little more for the over at minus 120. Sounds like you're pretty bullish on them. Are you going to go over 10.5 wins? I am going over 10.5 wins. I, I actually think they can exceed that, yes. Next up, how about this one? This is a special prop. Uh, more regular season wins, Browns or Ohio State? Ooh, <laughs> I'm going to go Browns. Okay. Uh, AFC North, who's going to win the AFC North? Uh, right now the odds for the Ravens and Browns are even at plus 125 apiece. Steelers are 4-1, to one, Bengals are 25-1. to one. You know, once again, I'm going to say Browns. I, I think this is going to be their year to do it. All right, good deal, good deal. All right, so that uh, kind of justifies our number six ranking in the NFL. We appreciate the time. We know you're very, uh, very busy, so thank you so much. Thanks for having me. There you go. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com. Holy moly, she's high on the team. Adam Hill is here. Adam Candy alongside Silver Sevens. What do you think, Candy? Too much? No, the thing of it is I have a lot of hope for the Browns this year, and I was almost hoping from a betting perspective she was going to do a little bit to tame it and kind of rein me back in a little bit. And then uh, I don't, don't think that's what happened at all. But a very interesting question you asked her about week one in particular because I got a feeling that, uh, that that game is a game where the dog is live, not just to cover, but maybe to win outright. I mean, I, I'm not going to temper any expectations when I have repeatedly said I think the Browns are the smartest organization in all of sports right now. Whoa. Hey, wait. Uh, uh, 
That, that's not another voice from the back of my head, is it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right. No. I, same I, name, maybe same line of thinking. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's about to become an Adams Family edition here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think th- everything they're doing is brilliant. I think we might be one year ahead of the curve a little bit. I think they'll be really good this year. But, like, this organization is really, really smart. And I've called, I've said it here on the show. I hope I'm right. I talked to a Browns fan the other day about this. I think they are finally the team that wisens up and says, oh, our quarterback's at the end of his rookie deal? Nah, we're good. You want to take 20, 25? Sure. You want a real contract that other quarterbacks are getting? See ya, bro. And that's what teams should do, and I, I think the Browns are the one to do it. Interesting. Back to that prop I mentioned, Ohio State versus the Browns, total wins for the regular season. I see a lot of people out, and this happens with every college football season, where, hey, the Powers, they're not going to lose any games. Candy, you tell me, what do you think of Ohio State with a new quarterback? Are they going to go unbeaten in the regular season? Are they going to drop a couple of games and win nine or, you know, say nine or ten instead of all 12 in the regular season? I mean, look – I actually think that that uh, Minnesota's live tonight uh, as C.J. Stroud gets start number one here. But overall, um, yeah, it's it's easy to bag on the Big Ten. There are a lot of weak to middling teams overall in the Big Ten. Do they get through Oregon next week? Yeah, probably. But I think that's also going to be a fight. So I'm not someone who's going in there saying Ohio State goes undefeated into uh, into a potential playoff. We got UNLV football coming up here. Uh, it all starts at 6 o'clock with our ESPN Las Vegas pregame show with Q Myers and Magnum heading that up. Then we got the Learfield pregame show at 6.30. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Adam Hill is here. Adam Candy as well. Silver 7s is the site. 277 on the drinks right now uh, during happy hour. So come on down. We just mentioned Ohio State Minnesota. It's a great slate tonight of college football. You can come uh, by and, and watch uh, all the college football games. And we got the William Hill Racing Sportsbook here. Still have some four packs of tickets to the game tonight. UNLV's taking on Eastern Washington, so four packs available and some more of those uh, free entries, $25 entries, free entries into the William Hill Pro Pick'em Contest. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. You know what, I feel pretty good. You know, we obviously have a long way to go, a lot to prove. A lot of players didn't play much at all in the preseason, but we practice hard. We practice smart. So uh, I do like the, the nucleus of our team. we got a lot of guys that like football that are talented and young, and we've got some good veteran leadership, but we have a lot to prove. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield & Company. We practice really smart practice really hard still waiting for the day that a coach says we practice really dumb we practice really soft cofield company on your thursday afternoon it's an adams family takeover as cofield heads out to the unlv football game to fulfill the rest of his responsibilities adam hill down at the silver sevens adam candy ari back at the studio uh adam let's start with the big raiders news of the day cofield and i only kind of skimmed it but K.J. Wright, after coming in for a visit last month, now signs the one-year deal. Crafty Mike Mayock gave us a little hint yesterday that that was coming, <laughs> and now the Raiders get another guy very familiar with Gus Bradley's defense. Are you referring to the ongoing saga? Oh, it's an ongoing saga. Yes, Mike Mayock taking a call in the middle of a press conference 
and apparently the saga has completed. And it, it okay, I want to examine this because of course we get into Cage right and what it means for the defense and adding a very very good player uh, to the to the mix for the Raiders, the first uh, Raiders player uh, for this season or last to be a top 100 player in the NFL top 100 uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they only had two this year. It was Waller and Jacobs, and now they add a third. So, I mean, anytime you add really, really good players, great for you. But I do want to examine the Mike Mayock phone call yesterday. We have no idea if this was in regards to K.J. Wright. There was many, many things, many moving pieces going on yesterday. Uh, all of us in the media, I think, and, and most fans that watch those news conferences are under the assumption that that phone call yesterday that Mike Mack took in the middle of his media availability had something to do with K.J. Wright. We just are because this is something that's been going on for a couple of weeks. There's been flirtation. There's been K.J. Wright deciding between the Raiders and the Seahawks and some other teams that were interested. And Mike Mack came out of that phone call, came back to the room, didn't look overly pleased, um, and he just said, ah, it's an ongoing saga. Now, today, this K.J. Wright saga ends. Did that have something to do with it? Did he... Say he still wasn't decided yesterday. I don't know, um, but you can you can t- you can kind of read into it if you do want to think that it was about KJ Wright. That this has been very frustrating for the Raiders for the last couple of weeks. Do you think that this is Mike Mayock trying to maybe, if it's not related to KJ Wright, do you think he's trying to recoup like a hundred bucks that he gave Antonio Brown to get to the airport <laughs> when they sent him out of here? Do you think that this has anything to do with who has to pay for the hot air balloon? Uh, from training camp way back when. Because those are other things that could be frustrating and be an ongoing saga for sure. Mike Mayock, right? So you're saying a, like a real ongoing saga. I'm just saying, well, that's we know Mike Mayock would have been frustrated about that. Uh, but I would be. I don't know. I guess we'll have to stick with the KJ Wright thing until uh, until we hear otherwise. For, we'll go uh, with this. Sure. For, for the Raiders, uh, I mean, look, uh, Gus Bradley... Gus Bradley might as well go figure out what Richard Sherman is doing right now. Like, we might as well get the entire band back together uh, by the time they finish putting the Seattle and Chargers defenses in place here in Vegas. It's pretty amazing, right? I mean, the linebacker room gets thin, and they go get two guys. Who is it? Denzel Perriman, who's been playing in Gus Bradley's system the last four years, and K.J. Wright, who's been uh, somebody that has excelled in the Gus Bradley system from the beginning when it was with the Seahawks. Um, we, You know, we look at the final roster, right? Roderick Teamer. Who is that? Oh, a guy that at the last minute of, of kind of the free agency period, uh, you know, Mike, or excuse me, Gus Bradley went to, to Mayock and Gruden and said, hey, we should look at this guy, at least bring him into camp. They do. He makes the team uh, pretty clear. And certainly they're not the only ones. There's, you know, they're, they're lined up. Casey Hayward, another one uh, that has worked with Gus Bradley. So uh, it's pretty clear that the Raiders not only wanted to incorporate Gus Bradley's system, turn things over to him on the defensive side, but they need a new personnel, and what better personnel than those that are already comfortable with the, the defense and the system, uh, the terminology, everything else, and that just have thrived in Gus Bradley's system. It, it makes a lot of sense, um, but you, I'm, I'm sure there is the element of people saying, isn't there other players that have not played for Gus Bradley that are really, really good? Sure, but but I think this helps you kind of gel more quickly, especially right now. you got a guy like Perriman you don't have time. You have a guy like KJ Wright that hasn't been playing. You don't have time. They've got to know the defense right now. We mentioned the Cofield was on his way out. He is going to, I guess what is from now on, Adam, going to be known as the Mark Davis model home uh, over at Allegiant Stadium? 
Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> that the $1.9 billion facility was just a test run for what he's building out in my neck of the woods uh, in the Henderson Hills. Now, not specifically my neck of the woods. Uh, I cannot afford to live sure. at the very, very bottom uh, of that mountain. But uh, the... Uh, the internet's we're not a huge fan of the mini Death Star that Mark Davis is building. Uh, no, they weren't. First of all, were you? Oh God, no! Oh no! 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 Absolutely no! No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if a super villain or like a guy who somehow got rich inventing technology for the cell phone lives there. Like, like one way or the other, it, it's someone who is not well versed in home design. It's whoever like. Whatever evil genius invented ATM fees. <laughs> no, that that's the old uh, the old owner of the twins. I know it was an old sports pig reference oh. of uh, that's how he got rich is inventing the ATM fee. But just like you would think, somebody who did something evil like that would live in a lair uh, and be petting a cat like a Gargamel on Smurfs. Uh, oh, shout time. out Gargamel! There's <laughs> yeah. a good pull. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's weird. But here's the thing. And I would get into some of the, the internet comments and some of the stuff that we saw. But I was thinking about this because first I looked at it and I'm like, that's horrific. Just like everybody else did. But then I started thinking about it. All right. If I had millions and millions of dollars, and this house apparently cost about 14 to 15 million. If I had 15 million and somebody said, hey, you can design a house however you want it. It's yours. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be like the, the, the black and silver. It wouldn't be a Raiders theme. But I feel like most people will look at it and be like, what on earth is this person doing? That's the hard part here is, okay, so you built the stadium, and the stadium has a very distinct Raiders-like look. Um, but everyone's going to see that. Everyone's going to affiliate that with the Raiders. Nobody's driving up to the Henderson Hills. No. They probably can't get within 100 yards of it. Uh, to see Mark Davis's house, like, if you wanted someone to look at the house and think Raiders – why? Because that's not what people are going to be like. People, no one's going to be near the house. No one's going to be looking at the thing. You can, you can make it look like anything you want, right? I don't think that the Steinbrenners went and put like the big white facade <laughs> on their house. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think anyone else who is a, a team owner has put similar stadium work on their home. Well, at the at the Steinbrenner place, uh, bushes always neatly trimmed, right? Requirement. Very well done. Very well done. Yeah, the Yankees and their no facial hair. Uh, I'm sorry, not no facial hair. No facial hair below the lip, which sure. leads to some awful mustaches, by the oh, way. Or great. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I would put in just a ridiculous pool. But it, it would be a pool with, like, a full court. It would be the, the size of a basketball court, and it would be a full court basketball court, but a pool with, like, real backboards on each end. That would be a must. And then I have a regular basketball court, too. An indoor one. Uh, I, and an indoor pool. Yeah, it's it's the indoor one for me. Like, the idea that I could walk downstairs, pass right by my kitchen with its full staff, humble brag, and go to my in-house basketball court, that is some life goal stuff right there. Like, the fact that I could go down there... Like, go down there with a beer and some chips at 1.30 in the morning and just start shooting free throws because I feel like it. Just because I feel like it. That's awesome. So, one of the, some of the comments on Twitter, one was, I 100% believe 
Mark Davis just met an architect at P.F. Chang's, said the words Nintendo GameCube and laser tag, and then <laughs> handed over a briefcase with $14 million in cash. Oh, God, Nintendo GameCube. That, that's, see, that's the thing. I looked at the very front of it, and it looks like... The, the reason I came up with the cell phone reference is like, it looks like a docking station for your phone at the very front of the house. Like, it looks like you're going to take a very large phone and be charging it before you get into the home. Well, somebody else said it looks like an airport concourse, which is absolutely true. Oh, that's a great call. It yeah, is, it does. It is an airport concourse there. Well, somehow I don't feel like this is the last time we're going to be talking about this. Um, we are going to talk about, in a moment here, two horrifying things in the food world. One that's never available, and one that never should have been available in the first place. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You see a pair of laughing eyes. Fat Pack has some very serious issues to address today. So serious that we've gotten the federal government involved in them. Adam Hill, Adam Candy. Silver 7s on a UNLV football Thursday. Rebels taking on Eastern Washington. Actually, slight underdogs to the FCS team here tonight. Adam, do you ever try to order the McFlurry? Oh, man, I wish. Yeah. They're a lot of people I mean, wish. they're delicious. Yeah, well, a lot of people wish. I myself am not necessarily a McFlurry guy. I love just going and ordering the cone You're, are you more of a mcleaner <laughs> i'm a mcconer i'm a, I'm, I'm definitely i'm a mcconer uh okay. I, and and by the way that machine they hit a certain like it doesn't matter if it's a 24-hour mcdonald's that machine they turn off at a certain point in the night too but it's gotten so serious with the mcflurry the federal trade commission the ftc is investigating mcdonald's for why the mcflurry machine is always broken and you know what we talk all the time about how your tax dollars at work should go to the common man, should go to the community good, should go to things that matter to all of us. And Adam, this is exactly what our tax dollars should be going into. We should know why the McFlurry machines never work. We should make big arches answer to us, the people. Um, or people should just, uh, I was thinking of, is there any ice cream sponsorships? No, I don't think there is. Uh, I'll just say, or just go to Dairy Queen. <laughs> I like how you thought about that for a second. <laughs> just making sure that McDonald's ice cream doesn't have a remote going next well, weekend I was actually for Lotus thinking, Broadcasting. I was actually thinking like Baskin Robbins. Oh, or fair. Like, okay, am I going to – was it a competing – okay, we're good. Uh, yeah, just go – I mean, go – how about – McDonald's is not a sponsor either, right? How about go a place where there's real ice cream? I will say on a on a road trip that has been a bailout numerous times for me to go through and be like you know I don't need much right now I just need I just need a little snack and that ice cream cone is there for me but how many people how many children how many dreams how many lives have been injured by driving up to a McDonald's somewhere in the middle of nowhere imagine the entire family in the minivan on the road trip Mom and dad are just tired of hearing, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet? And they're like, oh, whatever, I'm pulling through McDonald's. We're going to get you something to shut you up. And they <laughs> order the McFlurry, and the damn thing's not there. And then the kids don't want anything else. You told them the McFlurry was coming. They didn't get the McFlurry. And you could take your chicken nuggets, and you could shove them. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Uh, I'm just, it's a dark, it, listen, 
the government doesn't get involved unless it is a truly dark scene like this. So this is so common. Like I, I don't. I guess I don't go enough to know it's a real thing. Or if I if I do, I don't. I would never order uh, these these items. But it's like I mean, it has become a hack comedian joke that the ice cream machine is always down at McDonald's. I didn't know this was a real thing. Like I didn't know people were th- actually having this much trouble getting ice cream at McDonald's. And not to be a downer, like I, I was referencing, I don't know why people would care. I would be like, okay, cool. Like I don't need your your weak ice cream. <laughs> your weak ice cream. Get that ice cream out of here. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's all vanilla, right? Like I don't even think they have any other kind of ice cream there. Well, that's why you need the McFlurry so you Move can mix on with that chocolate candies. Move on with that nonsense. Go get real ice cream. This is this is insane. All right, let's move on. All right, you want to settle move on? down, people? No, let's no, move on. I, no, no. I, I'm not let's like. No, no, let's move on. No, okay. I want to. I, I want to move on to something. Okay. Yeah, right. I want to. I want to move on to something that is even worse than the McFlurry machine never working. How um, could it be? Well, first of all. Uh, this is probably going to affect Ari the most um, because if there's any man whose face ever screamed to me White Claw without ever actually saying a word, it's Ari. Um, Bud Light, of course, now is making seltzer, and Bud Light seltzer has decided that in honor of fall, because, I don't know, it turned to September yesterday, so apparently it's fall, um, pumpkin spice seltzer, Adam. Yeah, pumpkin spice seltzer. And the article that I sent you guys said, I tried pumpkin spice seltzer and it's delicious. And I I want to I want to climb the stratosphere, swan dive down and pretend that that is not the world we live in. (laughs) Well, I will say this next time. So I, I don't I don't go for the seltzers often. We did have a fantasy draft last night on the uh, late night happy hour. I had I enjoyed a couple of seltzers, and actually in this case was the Bud Light seltzers, not the pumpkin spice. Obviously, uh, they do a good job. Obviously, they make a good product. Uh, I'm very weird on the pumpkin spice anything. Like I feel like it's pretty good, but I don't like the people that like it. If that makes sense. For you, it does, yeah. Like, I'm not that like it. That are, that like build their life. Oh, my God. Pumpkin spice season start. Shut up. Shut up. I despise that attitude about pumpkin spice. How do I view pumpkin spice? It's good. I enjoy products that use it and have it. It's awesome. Am I ever going to tell somebody? Oh, my God. Can you believe you can get pumpkin spice latte starting today? No. That's not going to be me. Like, think about some other, I don't know, condiment or spice that people lose their crap over the way they do over this. I can't come up with it. I can't come up with anything else that has become like, oh, it started out as something I put in my coffee. I'll have my pumpkin spice latte. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about it in seltzer. And this isn't to... This isn't to disparage seltzer. I could do a whole other segment on that. But You're really... Uh, you're really antagonizing the paprika people out there don't hey (laughs) hey whoa 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 that is a smoky deliciousness that does not need to be brought up on blast like this by the way paprika coffee 
I started, I, I, like, my idea was what started in coffee and then came out to somewhere else. So you're going to have to tell me about this paprika coffee. Um, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of a spice that people get obsessed about. Oh, oh. Ah, the what, cinnamon what, folks out there? Yes. Like oh, the, oh, oh, oh. The cinnamon challenge people, right? No, like the cinnamon people challenge too. people are probably huge on this. I will say I've, I've put cinnamon in, in my Starbucks before. Um, like I, you walk over to that little thing that has like the nine hour old half and half and, and the Splendas and everything. And you're like, I got to find something here to put in this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Cinnamon looks decent. But sure. I don't want it in a seltzer then. I don't no, want a cinnamon seltzer. That's ridiculous. I, why can't I just have normal alcohol? I don't understand this. Well, I mean, I think any of the flavored seltzers are actually decent. But I'm fine with you putting a pumpkin spice or anything into your coffee or whatever you want. But did you, you have to then go tell the world about it. Oh, I mean, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, like, and I'm a social like, media yeah. person, and I, like, I don't, I'll share anything. I don't care. I'll put it out there and and whatever, like, I'll, I'll share whatever. But I don't need to tell people that I enjoy pumpkin spice. Just do it or don't. Okay, so question for you. Uh, in it's not our, a lifestyle. I'll say that. In our late night happy hour draft last night. Yes. Why did you choose seltzer? Was it like I want to drink, but I gotta stay a little sharp here? No, I don't. Gen- I generally don't drink in Vegas. We've talked about that that one on the show before. It, it usually doesn't happen, but if we're doing something like that, which is conducive to like sitting down and having a couple beers, um, since I avoid carbs as much as I possibly can, I'll just go seltzer. I have to say, you chose a healthier way of dealing with that draft um, than I did last <laughs> night. I, I did. The very first part of it in a parking lot. Um, I then was trying to manage it in the in and out drive through. Oh, boy. Um, tried really hard not to look at it on the drive home. Uh, and then was basically like trying to fight a dog off me for the last two hours. So uh, was, I looked back the this dog, morning. Was the to dog try to trying to get out. your in and out? Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm too pro for that. Like, okay. uh, the dog didn't have a shot at the in and out. Okay. Um, but. I, look, I had to look back this morning and be like, okay, hold on a second. Since this was an auction, like, what did I spend? Who did I get? Like, did this turn out at all okay? I was, for what I was managing, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yep. I, I, it was a mess of a draft, only because, um, for a couple of reasons. First, we set the clock very fast. That's true. Very fast. Um, because we wanted to get it done. We had just done a, an auction with only 12 teams that was over six hours. Oh. And God. so we're like, let's make the clock really fast to try to get through it quicker. But it's also 14 teams, so it'll be longer regardless. And I have not done a 14-team auction before. It's it's mostly been 12. And I thought the players would go for a lot less than they do in a, in a, in a 12. Then I just mistimed it. I, I just realized that. People are going to spend at the beginning, and then a lot of people are going to have a lot of money in the middle, which usually doesn't happen. Usually everybody spends all their money right away. But now too many people had money. So then guys that you think are going to go for values in the middle then go for more than the guys at the beginning did, which I didn't see coming. That was my miscalculation. I mean, and, and for those who aren't clear, this was an auction. And we <laughs> I have to say I expected that that middle period would be there. It wasn't until – almost like two and a half hours into this thing that I started looking and saying, 
wow, I wish I had held on to a couple more dollars for that guy, right? Like, there there <laughs> yeah. wasn't a lot. Of, I mean, we had we had players still going for thirty thirty five dollars three hours in. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was kind of crazy. And then uh, you weren't on the stream, but there was a quite a moment on the stream where we were kind of trading jokes, kind of trading barbs back and forth. And I actually waited for the room to calm down because I thought I had a real zinger. You know how you know how it is. You oh, don't yeah. want to oh, talk. You know, everybody's you know talking. when you're timing it out, and you're like, "Oh yeah, oh this is gonna hit." And by the way, oh it crushed. It was great. But as I was waiting, literally, I had been waiting an hour for a player to pop up. And as I was waiting for the singer, apparently the player got called up, and nobody bid on it, and it went. He went for nothing. And I was like, I I was actually waiting this whole time for this guy. I like how you are so into strategy you are so into the gamesmanship that in this league with its let's say low buy-in you are still protecting the identity of that dollar player no it was, it, it was michael pittman i said it on the on the stream last night i guess i'd say here it's michael well that's pittman, what i'm saying you haven't said it here who i love i i mean i i think michael pittman's gonna have an amazing year and oh it sucks to have a bunch of drafts this weekend with people that are listening uh i think he's gonna be great and i think he's going way too low and way too late in drafts when we come back, we're going to talk not fantasy football. We're talking the real thing, college football. We've got going tonight. Brad Powers is our guy when it comes to betting on CFB, and he's on the other side here on Cofield Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Hi on sports betting, Adam Candy, Adam Hill here on Cofield and Company. Always a pleasure to have in Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. We are no longer talking about theoreticals and stuff that might happen. We are talking about actual college football games being played. Week 0 is over. Week 1 is getting going. Brad, how did uh, how did the light slate in Week 0 treat you? Uh, good. I mean, with the exception of an uh, in-game wager uh, on Nebraska once the Illinois quarterback went down. Other than that, I mean, I can't complain. I, I won every one of my uh, bets that I made as far as if the significant bets with my, the under in that UCLA game being the top. So I can't complain. Anytime you get off to a good start, I mean, it's it's better than a bad start. I'll put it that way. But you're only you're only as good as your last bet. Yeah. Um, I bet the uh, in-game under after the quarterback situation uh, there for Illinois. So I'm, I'm feeling you for for sure on that game from last week. A couple games uh, worth talking about here this evening. Let's start with Ohio State and Minnesota. Buckeyes are now up to 14, total down to 62. First game for C.J. Stroud. Uh, you think Minnesota is live at all here, or is this just sort of a, uh, a spot where the line is being held down by seeing the quarterback for the first time? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a smaller bet on the Buckeyes minus 13. I, I just, to me, it was, uh, I, I couldn't see the line going down. I could only see it going up to 14, which is where it, it is right now. Uh, I just think the talent gap between Ohio State and even a, a really solid Minnesota team that I think might be borderline top 25 this year, uh, that, that gap is so far and wide. And even though it's a first start for an Ohio State quarterback, you look at the talent around him, uh, I, <laughs> the running backs are as good as, as it gets in the country. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the best unit in all of college football is the Ohio State wide receiver core. So 
I, I like the Buckeyes tonight. But but what I preferred and what I bet big was the under. Uh, but but the line now is you know appropriately moved three and a half four points. So let's uh, let's jump right into UNLV because I know a lot of people are interested in what's going on there. Um, I should I guess I should get to the breaking news first that UNLV. Uh, we'll start Justin Rogers at quarterback, which I think is a surprise to many people. Uh, that's who I kind of thought uh, would be the front runner from the beginning. Looked like I was going to be wrong because a lot of assumption that it'd be Broomfield, but it is going to be Justin Rogers. I don't think that changes much uh, in terms of the line or the opinion from a lot of people. But uh, just first off, because I want to get into the movement in this game, but where it's at right now, what would you do with the Eastern Washington minus one and a half in this spot? I'd still lay it. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how confident I am on the Eastern Washington side. I mean, number one, it is a little bit of a play against UNLV. I don't think the Rebels. I mean, even though that I think they're much improved, they're still a bottom ten team in the FBS, in my opinion. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation at this point. Meanwhile, on the other side, Eastern Washington's a team that's a perennial FCS playoff contender. I think they're a top ten FCS team, and they have the best quarterback in the FCS, and Eric Berea, and. On top of it, they return all 22 starters from from the spring. So, uh, I mean, that's the points on why I took the points at several different numbers on Eastern Washington in the last couple of days. I, I didn't expect that to be the case, but it's my biggest decision of the weekend is Eastern Washington UNLV. So walk us through a little bit. What did happen with this number? I think a lot of people are confused. They saw numbers like UNLV minus 10, minus 11. I know it was like 8 and 7.5. Now, all of a sudden, Eastern Washington's favorite. What happened here? Well, I mean, the, the, the first numbers that were popped in, like stations and some other places, were just really bad numbers. I mean, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Uh, it opened one offshore book, five dimes, which you can't bet uh, in, right now in America. So what somebody did, that's probably living in Costa Rica, they, they, phony, they dummied up the line. So it opened UNLV minus three. Somebody dummied up the line up to 10. And what its stations do, they copied that 10-point spread, and they you know, didn't consider that somebody was dummying up the numbers. So, therefore, you saw all that buyback, and obviously uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of money left and right after that uh, number was posted uh, on Eastern Washington. And then obviously, I'm part of the money, and I agree with it. Brad, are you telling me that there are sports books that copy offshore lines? <laughs> yeah. does, does that uh, happen? Okay. And, and, you know, I have no – look, you got copy. I mean, it's no different than, the whole, you know, copying homework in, in school. I mean, uh, you know, you run a risk there. <laughs> and uh, I hope they pay for it, just to put it that way. Nothing against UNLV, Marcus Arroyo, and all the Rebels fans out there, but I'm hoping the sports books uh, pay and, you know, be a little smarter. That's all. You know what? Never mind. Since I want to bet against them all the time, I hope they keep copying and pasting. Never mind. I like that. I like that. Brad Powers joined us talking college football. Got a weird one going on down in Central Florida. Uh, the weather that is affecting so much of the East Coast is having some effect on Boise State and UCF already in what's going to be at least a three and a half hour lightning delay. Uh, UCF is up to six and a half in some spots. There's still sixes, uh, 67 or 67 and a half the total. So it's all about the number for me. I took Boise State plus 10 at South Point in May. I just thought, you know, the number shouldn't have been that high, and Mark has agreed with that. But then, I, I you know, today I took a little bit back on Central Florida. The more I thought about the matchup, uh, the, the, the experience edge that Gus Malzahn, even though you got two first-year coaches here. I mean, Malzahn's been a head coach for a decade plus now 
Well, meanwhile, Andy Avalos, uh, who's got Boise State ties, and I think it's a good hire since his first game as a head coach. So, heat and humidity. Uh, and, uh, on top of that, even though I, <laughs> I bet I lost a big bet uh, playing against Boise State in the heat and humidity in a season opener a couple of years ago against Florida State, I, I do think it could be an issue tonight. So, Central Florida minus six would be my preference now. Anything else uh, from tonight's games that haven't kicked off yet that you were looking at? Well, I think Tennessee smashes Bowling Green. Uh, I mean, that, that line, I mean, that line opened 27 about two months ago. Uh, I would still lay it with Tennessee, uh, believe it or not. Even though it's moved 10 points from my number, uh, that's how bad I think the Falcons are. And I think, Josh, well, anytime you're betting a huge favorite, what is your motivation? And I think Josh Heupel, when you look at the plays he runs, he's one of the, you know, the fastest tempo coaches in the country, at least back to his UCF days. And, and just the fact that Tennessee needs – a uh, feel-good type of win. I think if they get any chance whatsoever to put one on Bowling Green, who I think may be the worst team outside of New Mexico State in the country, they'll do it tonight. So Tennessee, you know, it's a huge number. I'd lay it. Brad, uh, just about a minute left here. Uh, what other big plays do you like this weekend? Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, a lot of the uh, the value I think is off the board. For, I mean, I'm not afraid to make a lot of bets. I mean, I'd probably bet half the games already. But I, I can, I'm going to give you a heads up on one that I'm looking to attack. Mine isn't up yet, but I'm telling you, it's going to be one of my favorite plays of the week. I want Northern Iowa against Iowa State, and I think I'm going to be getting a nice, fat, juicy number more than four touchdowns. I got one of the best defenses in the FCS, and the Iowa State team that traditionally starts slow with Matt Campbell, and Iowa State team that's got Iowa on deck, they're not going to show the, their full hands. So Northern Iowa on Saturday, line isn't up yet. That's going to end up probably being my favorite bet on Saturday when it's all said and done. Any chance to fade Brock Purdy, I am in on with you. Brad Powers uh, at Brad Powers 7 and uh, always, always sharp on college football. We appreciate the time, Brad. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Big Five on the other side. UNLV football coming up here in just about an hour after that.